Brand new banger. Banger. You're j- jamming with the hottest disc jockey. Disc jockey. Exclusive hot new mix. Let's go. 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 Hello, Podfix Nation. It's time for your mixtape for April of 2020, and I'm your host, Christopher DeVos. I am currently in full quarantine costume. I have my sweatpants on. I have the same shirt on that I wore yesterday, and my hair is uncombed, which is a big deal for me because if there's one thing I always like to be is uh, with a presented head of hair that's combed, and it's uncombed. It's not even showered, but it it was showered yesterday. I'm not that bad. I'm not going weeks without a shower. I just just decided to record before I showered. But you don't care about that. So let's get into uh, this month's mix. Starting off, we have Things Joe Hates, which is a charming podcast of things that Joe generally dislikes. It's about 30 minutes long. Uh, each episode so that makes it nice you can get in and get out and have a little chuckle joe starts off this show by telling us uh, about his new found love for san pellegrino soda water which if you listen to my show podcast 42 and any of our live shows you'll know i'm a big fan of the soda water and my preferred brand is bubbly but hey want to get another convert you can start off with San Pellegrino. Sure, that, that'll work. Currently, I'm trying AHA, which is uh, Coca-Cola's version of the soda water. And they combine, theirs combines different flavors. So they don't have just like one straight up flavor. What I'm currently drinking is orange grapefruit. And it's okay. It's no bubbly. But, you know, what is? Believe it or not, I just found out bubbly is packaged by Pepsi. Who knew? I'm not a big fan of any Pepsi product, but that bubbly, that hits the spot every time. So, Joe, you may want to go check out bubbly. You don't have to check out AHA. It's okay. It, it's it's okay. It's drinkable. I'm not complaining too much. But let's see what uh, Joe thinks about San Pellegrino, and uh, he also goes to Denny's and has a what sounds like a horrible, terrible sandwich. But, you know, I'll leave that up to you. This is Things Joe Hates. But let's get back into what I hate. Yes. And what I hate, actually, before we get into that again, uh, I want to uh, talk about a correction. Uh, In 2018, you know what I said I hated? What do you What do you hate? I said I hated flavored sparkling water. Well, that's incorrect. It. I gave you one early, just about an hour ago. Yeah, you gave me a Sam Pellegrino. I love. That doesn't sound right. That sounds like a euphemism for something. <laughs> Gave no. me old Sam Pellegrino. Sam Pellegrino. I don't know how you say it. Sam Pellegrino, Sam Pellegrino. I don't know. Whatever. It, but they make. Still a, sounds like a euphemism. They make a flavored sparkling water that is just so good. It's a Sansa. And it's like they, they, they get them at Costco. They come in three flavors, lemon, tangerine, or black cherry. And I love them. I love them so bad. I the lemon will, ones are pretty good. The lemon ones are awesome. I like the black cherry ones, which you don't like, which works out. So yep. whenever I come over to your place, you can have those and. Whenever you're over at my place, I save the lemon ones for you. Yep. Yep. Oh, so good. I love it. And even LaCroix, I like that as well. LaCroix. <laughs> LaCroix. I, have I like still water. I do not like 
fuzzy water. You have never liked you have never liked uh, sparkling water. Yep. So so Lisa stands firm on that firm. While, while Joe flip flops on it. Flip-flop. I walked into the uh, CVS yesterday to pick up a prescription for Lisa. <laughs> yeah. As I walk by, there's this display that says Sam Pellegrino uh, anniversary edition. And it's just a bottle of Sam P, right? It's yeah. just a bottle of sparkling water. They wanted $5 for it. Why? Because it came in a box in a different bottle. No. And I looked at it for a good 30 seconds before I said, wait a minute. <laughs> what am I doing? What am I doing here? No, this is just Sam P. I can get this at Costco for less than a dollar a bottle. Yeah. Goodbye, CVS. Oh, God, I hate CVS. Anyway, that's not something <laughs> I, I just wanted to talk about that. That, that so I don't, Joe, what do you hate now? I don't <laughs> hate things forever. I just hate them now. But I do hate when I pour a bowl of cereal and realize there's no milk. Oh, that is one of the worst feelings in the world. Yeah, that should be easy. What do you What do you do? Put the Put the cereal it, it back in the box. It would be terrible if you poured the milk and realized you didn't have cereal. Nobody that, I, pours I mean, milk I could, first, <laughs> right? I am from now on. <laughs> no. You're gonna make a mess, <laughs> right? Exactly. What do you mean exactly? You ever uh. seen Joe in the middle of a mess? <laughs> it is comical. <laughs> this is making me hurt. Yeah. Along the same vein as that is, and this is even worse, is when you make pancakes and then realize there's no syrup. Uh, because it's much more effort to make pancakes. Yeah. And it's one thing if you, because if you leave a cereal in a bowl, like you could just set it there, go to the grocery store, get milk, come back, and it'll be fine. Right. When we were kids, my dad would, and mom would, they would just make us a syrup. How would they make a syrup? Sugar and water. Well, they go out and they tap a tree, Joe, <laughs> and they find a maple tree, they tap it, and then they get the sap from it. And then they boil the sap and, you know, they do everything and they make the syrup. And about three days later, you know, you've got syrup for your pancakes that are sitting there pretty cold. Pancakes are a little cold. There is nothing worse than putting a plate of hot pancakes in front of one of your kids and then going, all right, let's get the syrup. You get out the jelly. I think I can figure something that's worse than that. Jelly, peanut butter. You know, you could have a lot of You're right. There is something worse than that. But I'm I'm just saying, it's terrible. You can make yourself your own, uh, what do they call it, the Denny's? Grand Slamwich. Grand Slamwich. Yeah, which are great. Jake had a grand slam which the other night when so we were out at Denny's. We we went out to a concert the other day. Yes. We got to see Carbon Leaf. Carbon Leaf, one of our favorite birthday. bands. Yeah. And Pressing Strings from Annapolis. Yeah, they were both bands are very good. And I bought the Pressing Strings CD. Did you? Yeah. Pretty good. And they are really good. I mean, that's one of the reasons I go to a Carbon Leaf concert is because they have good opening they, acts. I've never been disappointed by their opening acts. Their opening acts are always good acts that yeah. are new finds for me. And Pressing Strings was no different. Very good. Yeah, both both bands are very good. Yep. Um, very talented musicians. But uh, afterwards, we're you know it wasn't too terribly late. It was maybe like what eleven thirty something like that. Yeah, it was almost twelve. I mean, it wasn't like after. it wasn't like you're going to some crazy concert where there's like three bands and then you know you're getting back at like four in the morning. Right. It was it was you know you go to the Denny's you get a midnight snack kind of thing. Except I didn't get a snack. Everybody else was like, let's go here and get ice cream and milkshakes or dessert. And then I open up the menu and I see the Grand Slamwich. <laughs> and I go, ooh, that looks pretty good. It's everything and, that's in a Grand Slam, but in a sandwich. Yeah, exactly. And then Joe laughs at me. Right. And I go, what's the matter? <laughs> he goes, oh, nothing. You know, doing the whole diversion thing. I go, I'm just laughing at you, snicker, 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 but I'm not going to tell you what it is, snicker, snicker, snicker. And then I go, like, what is it? And eventually, I think it was Kayla said, it's it's like Little Miss Piggy. It is. It's essentially and, like the Little Miss Piggy. Denny's right. answer to the Little Miss Piggy. And I remember vividly saying, 
I don't think there's anything wrong with the Little Miss Piggy Joe. It's just a bit greasy, and uh, you need to just get over that. The Little Miss Piggy was gross, and I actually have had a Grand Slam, but it wasn't on my list of gross foods because I had been drinking before I had the Grand Slam. <laughs> <laughs> that was not a decision I made in a proper state of mind. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, that's tainted data. Right, so I didn't put it on the list. I uh, You shouldn't. It's fine. It's it's just, Yes, it is a Grand Slam in a sandwich, but it's like potato bread. I loved it. It was good. I don't know. I don't understand what the issue was. So my opinion of all the styles of that kind of restaurant that Denny's falls in, your Denny's, your Perkins, uh, your Shoney's, the best one is IHOP, which, you know, I'm not a big pancake person. So for me to say IHOP is the best one, that's kind of weird. Yeah, I can see you saying that. But I think they got the best menu and the best quality of food. Never been disappointed by IHOP except for one time with the cheese sticks. But, you know, if you don't do the cheese sticks right and you burn all the cheese out and you just got that shell, that empty shell that makes you sad, then that can happen at any restaurant. Just if you put cheese sticks on the menu, you got to really pay attention to those cheese sticks when people order them. Because you give them empty shell, they're going to be sad. They're going to give you a bad Yelp review. Let's move on. Let's talk about Gravity Beard instead. Gravity Beard has been on the Podfix network for a long time. And if you're a fan of Gravity Beard, you know that they have a Facebook group where they uh, get ideas and suggestions from that group and they build a whole show around it. So it's a big Gravity Beard community. On this segment, they've, they're doing something different. This is the Gravity Beard, the interview show. And instead of a bunch of different topics, they're just covering, well, obviously an interview with one person. So this first person is was on Survivor, and her name is Elaine Scott. And the segment we're going to listen to is just uh, the host, Chris W. Green, doing a rapid-fire question and answer. There's more to the episode than just what you're about to hear. They go into more in-depth stuff, but this is like a little, you know, a little tiny sample, little, little fun-sized, like a little Halloween candy sample, like a little Snickers fun-sized. You just you get that little taste in your mouth, and then you want to go and you want to go get a full-size Snicker because that's not enough. Or you can you can eat like ten fun-sized Snickers, and then that's way too much. So maybe there should be like a a fun-size and a, a slightly funner size, and then the full size. That would be great. Snickers, get on that. But in the meantime, let's check out Gravity Beer's new segment, The Interview Show. Okay, let's get started. My guest today is Elaine Stott from Season 39 of the CBS reality show Survivor. Elaine, welcome. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me. Of course. So you were a guest on the very first episode of the interview show. And mm -hmm. this is actually our other show, Gravity Beer, which we've had around for three and a half years now. And we have a very robust Facebook group, which actually we would love to have you join that I think you'd really, really like. And it's called the Gravity okay. Beard Interns. I'll have to check it out. And something we've done a long time ago that we don't do nearly as much is something we call quick hits. Okay. And so what I'm going to do is, is I'm just going to go through a list of things and I think it's 99% food. And I just want you to, to give a, a quick answer to each of these things. Okay. Okay. So these are, what are your favorites? 
the reason why this is relevant to the Facebook group is because I think we've had a poll where we've duked it out amongst us to determine the favorite one of each of these things. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. So what is your favorite way to cook and eat eggs? Cook and eat eggs? Scrambled. Love scrambled eggs. What is your favorite Girl Scout cookie? Oh, I I don't know what it's called. It's the one with the coconut. Oh, uh, uh, Samoa's? I guess. Uh, yeah, it's coconut and chocolate. Um, yeah, what you said, I guess. That one. I'm not getting this wrong because I think that's my favorite too. Hang on. <laughs> I'm going to use the internet. Yeah, I think it's I think it's they're, they're chocolate and they have coconut across the top of them. Yeah, and it's like uh, they're they're a little chewy, maybe. Yep, you and I are so much alike. <laughs> yeah, they're Samoas. Okay, I got to write the first time. Samoas. Okay. Okay. Yeah, they're called Samoas. Okay. What is just your favorite cookie in general? My favorite cookie in general. Uh, was, uh, is moon pie a cookie? <laughs> No, I think that's a snack cake, but those are very delicious. <laughs> okay, uh, uh, like a chocolate chip. I, I'm, a, I'm a huge chocolate fan. Okay, would you say chocolate chip or would you say something else? No, I, I would go with chocolate chip. Okay, what's your favorite soft drink? Uh, this is the one that Nora's going to kill me for, Mountain Dew. All right. What is your favorite <laughs> breakfast cereal? Uh, I, I like Frosted Mini Wheats. All right. What is your favorite form of potato side dish? Any potato is a good side dish. I mean, you can fry it. You can bake it. I mean, potatoes are my thing. I love taters. Okay, but that's the anyway. question. That's the question is, what's your favorite way to pre prepare potatoes for a side dish? Uh, you, you dice them up and you boil them, and then you just drop a, a crap ton of butter in them after you strain them. What is that called? Well, it, you don't mash them, so it's not mashed potatoes, but it's, I don't know, it's called amazing. Almost like skillet potatoes? <laughs> I've never heard that skillet potato. I, I don't know. You literally, you just boil them in a pot. You, you dice them up, boil them in a pot, drain the water off of them, and then dump like a whole stick of butter in them. And they're just amazing. That does sound amazing. Okay, so it's, it's not done in a pan, like in a, a skillet. No, it's done in a pot. You know how you boil potatoes? Yep. Okay. It's, it's done in a pot. Diced and boiled potatoes. It doesn't sound as good when you say it like that. <laughs> no, but. it doesn't. All right, but just I'm... go with mashed taters then. Just go with mashed taters. Ah, uh, okay. I'm glad you said that. Or fried taters are amazing. I love fried taters. Now, okay, well, I'm let's... telling you, dude, I, I would eat fried taters or, or mashed taters or any kind of tater all day long. <laughs> well, let, <laughs> let's let's just boil it down to this. Would you choose French fries or mashed potatoes? Uh, probably mashed potatoes. Okay. Settled. What's your favorite soup? Soup? Yep. Um... Like a, a beef stew. Okay. Yeah, homemade though, not canned, not canned. Don't no canned stuff. <laughs> there is no way after talking to you that I would believe you would eat anything out of a can. <laughs> I mean, I do, but like my grandpa would make the best soup. But he made soup out of everything. We had beef stew, like, and and so I was raised on stuff like that, potato soup. You know what sure. I mean? So, yeah. What's your favorite ice cream flavor? Chocolate. What is your favorite just general dessert? Uh, see, I'm I, I'm more of a fried chicken kind of girl. <laughs> like, I don't have so much a sweet tooth. Now, my girlfriend will eat sweets all day long. I I don't. I just eat them very rarely. Interesting. Okay. But when I, 
Yeah, but I'm telling you, I'm, I'm more of a like, give me a piece of steak. How about a piece of fried chicken? Like, give me the meat and taters. I'll take that all day long. All right, but let's, all let's, day long. let's just say that you and I go out to a restaurant, the restaurant of your choice, and have your favorite meal. And I say, okay, mm-hmm. Lane, how do you want to finish this off? Choose a dessert. Um, well, uh, you know, the, like, what's that they have at Outback? It's like a, like a, a lava cake or a, that brownie or. Oh yeah. Like a, like you know a really rich chocolate cake. Yeah. Like chocolate's my thing, dude. So yeah, chocolate, just go with anything chocolate. Perfect. Okay. <laughs> do you like cheesecake? Uh, yeah, I do, but yeah, I, I like cheesecake. Okay. What about carrot cake? Uh, my granny made the best carrot cake in the world. So yes, I like carrot cake. Is a hot dog a sandwich? No. I used to be a, a big Survivor fan. That would be the only like reality TV show I would watch uh, for many years is Survivor Survivor. We even did a uh, Survivor fantasy at work where it ran like fantasy football and you would pick people to be on your team. Uh, all the way until the end and then you know we just did bragging rights you didn't win millions of dollars but then over the years i kind of got away from survivor and i started watching big brother which i used to hate and i gotta tell you big brother's where it's at that's a great reality game show to watch but it is a commitment it's a huge commitment it takes a lot out of your week and then There's options to watch it 24-7 if you want. You don't have to. You can just watch the three episodes they show every week. But, uh, yeah, you can really get addicted to Big Brother. Huge. Huge. So, Lane Scott, I might suggest that you try Big Brother next. You know, the the competitions, you know, Big Brother, just slightly more fun, a little less wood involved. A lot of wood competitions and survivor being in the jungle everything's made of wood the next podcast is the creator's cove uh, this is an offshoot of the podcast discovery show and in the creator's cove they find a musician artist band type people or person and they interview them this one is uh, with paul hendrick and he's the lead singer and guitar player from cicero I did listen to the episode, so I think I got the name right. I have it spelled in front of me, but yeah, sometimes the English language and letters and me, we don't get along, which is weird because I spent a lot of my uh, professional life either talking or writing. So you think I'd be really good at the English language, but no, I suck at it. Yeah, thank God for spelling check on Google Docs because, whew, if you ever read any of my stuff without that spelling check, you'd think a three-year-old wrote it, which is which is fair, because I think a lot of the plots of the stuff that I've got published might seem like a three-year-old wrote it. Anyway, that has nothing to do with the Creator's Cove. They seem to have their act together. So let's take a listen to Creator's Cove, and once again, they're talking to Paul Hendrick from the band Cicero. Welcome to Creators Cove, where each week we talk to a new creator about their passion, their process, and we discover new music together. So this week on the Creators Cove, I am talking to Paul Hedrick. 
the lead singer and guitar player for Cicero. Thanks so much for joining me this week. Yeah, no problem. My pleasure. So, Paul, we have a long history that people can see on Twitter from the podcast <laughs> Discovery Show. <laughs> yeah. But I wanted to dig into you this, this time about your journey through music. So how did you get started playing music? Um, I like when I was in, I, I think I started playing saxophone and I think it's sixth grade. Um, and I played that all the way through, I think until I was a senior in high school and I, about, I want to say probably between sophomore and junior year, I helped my cousin re-roof a house, uh, or re-roof his house. And he, as payment, gave me a Fender Stratocaster, a little crate 15 watt piece of crap, um, practice amp and a chorus pedal. Uh, and that would have been 1995, probably. Was that the end of the saxophone? As soon as you got the guitar? Uh, Yeah, dude, that I did not do anything but play the guitar. I mean, I did everything I could to get away from the saxophone. You know, they, they let me in jazz band, uh, and I was like, okay, I'll just strum ninth chords forever i guess I, I don't i don't care what it is as long as i do not have to play the saxophone anymore so and have you ever gone back have you played saxophone recently uh no uh when i tried it when i sold it i think probably after just after college i i sold the saxophone and like right before that i was like oh let me see if i could play it i was like nope it's gone <laughs> it's totally it's gone. done <laughs> so yeah, yeah. there's a uh... Specialty muscles make it really difficult to pick up. I still have a trumpet in my closet, and uh, it does not sound good now. It's weird. Yeah, that, the trumpets are a little different, only because you have three finger options with the saxophone. You have five, Lots. five on one hand and four on the other, uh, so it becomes a little prohibitive sometimes. Like it, just to remember what the configurations are. So. Yeah, absolutely. So you started playing guitar. When did you start getting into bands and uh, creating music? Um, I had uh, I had a what you I probably had an obsession with Nirvana when they first came out when I was younger, and so a lot of it became listening to that and lots of bootleg copies and um, just all sorts of live stuff that ended up in the black. I like whatever their greatest hit stuff is. That's now like, Oh, we had all that stuff long before that. So we listened to a lot of that stuff. And, and then I had a buddy of mine gave me a tape and a CD and the end of the tape had a song by a band unashamed, which is a hardcore band from Southern California and a CD of Blenderheads prime candidate for a burnout. And I was like, this is what I need. So I started going to shows at a local Christian punk uh, venue called The Push, uh, which was in a basement of a church. And um, when you pile a bunch of uh, sweaty teenagers into a basement, it gets real hot. So it was interesting. So I just started going to underground shows. Like, I think probably I was 16, right around there. Um, so just every weekend it was, you know, $7 or six, if you brought a can of food and, you know, that kind of stuff. And we would just go to shows as frequently as possible. Plus they had Tom Fest, which, uh, which is huge music festival here in the Northwest, especially in the late nineties. And, uh, went to the third one in 97 
and there was, I don't know, there was like, there was a few thousand people piled on top of each other in a field to see bands from like 10 a.m. till 4 a.m. on three different stages nonstop. So, I mean, it's been, I've been in underground music, like right, pretty much right out of the get go. And was seeing all that shows the inspiration for you starting to be in bands and writing music? No, actually we started, I started writing like as soon as I could, um, which was interesting. And there was some pretty bad stuff right at the beginning, but, uh, I had a sort of band with a buddy of mine who became, who's now sort of famous drummer. Um, and him and I in high school, we used to play practice for like five, six hours at a time, like two or three days a week up and up, up in his room, um, upstairs and, uh, just play and play and play and play. And so when we got to go see shows, that was, we never, we would just play and not know you could just get a show. And so we would just go to shows and play and go to shows and play. And we would never play, um, play our own shows. I think we played like a garden party. It was terrible. I mean, we were, I, I liked the, being a two piece and stuff and there's some good stuff, but, uh, there was definitely a lot of immaturity in there, but it was a lot of, lot of writing and playing and practicing and going to, it was just anything you could do to absorb and, uh, spend time listening to music or playing music. That was pretty much all that I was really concerned about. I used to play guitar. I wasn't like the best at it. I was okay. I want to always learn how to pick and, and do some, some of those fun slide things that guitar players do in the heavy metal bands, but I wasn't, I wasn't that good at it. I, I couldn't tune the guitar without a tuner and I couldn't just listen to a piece of music and figure out the notes. So I think that kind of hurt my guitar career. Also, I really wanted to sing, and I can't sing to save my life. That, that doesn't mean that there hasn't been a lot of bands who've made it with lead singers who can't sing to save their lives. But I didn't have that niche cool vibe voice with a really great band behind me to make it anywhere now i was an electronic band and that's cool but you know no singing's involved in that it's a lot of synthesizers and computer so yeah cheating nah i wouldn't call it cheating i'd call it creative cheating so the next podcast we're about to listen to has also been on the Podfix Network for a long time, and it's the Filmmakers Podcast. Now, this podcast is super cool. I don't listen to a whole lot of movie podcasts. This one's different in the fact that the hosts are filmmakers themselves, and they kind of dive into the process of making films, and the guests they get on their show will take will be different people in the business and it's not always just like the directors they'll get people who write the screen plays and and people who do the costumes and and you know just a whole behind the scenes thing with film so if you're even slightly interested in filmmaking at all this is the podcast for you in this segment they're interviewing diane and paul knight who about 10k total budget shot their film in eight days and this is a little look into the process of, of what it would take 
to, you know, get all that together in 10 days because they're not just doing it on their iPhone in their backyard. They're, they've got the sets and the locations and the costumes and the stuntmen and hopefully the catering department because that's really the only reason why I'd ever want to be in a movie is for the free food. So let's take a listen to the uh, Filmmakers Podcast. And casting can be really difficult. It yeah. can be. It's, it's really difficult to get the balance right, yeah. the looks right, all that kind of stuff yeah. you want in a film. But in terms of you actually saying, right, we're going to choose this location. You've, not, you've got two weeks to prep all this. Yeah. Prepping a film in two weeks is hard anyway. But yep. with little money and choosing locations, how did you go about finding locations? How did you go about the, getting all the props and all that kind of stuff to make it look like it does? I, I'll be honest with you. You had um, the Lancaster Skies. I did, yeah. Guys on, guys, yeah. Right. Similar thing. So how their community came together for them, because mm. obviously when, when they did the... the uh, was it Hurricane? Yeah, the, the, the plane. plane basically, the plane. They, they built the plane, that. and obviously all for free. That the local community donate. That was similar to us. We we put the word out that we're going to do something, and we kept it local with Essex. Um, and to be fair, every location we was given was for free. Right. Um, every the church we use a church. Um, yeah. Every, everything there was, was free. Church. There was a cafe. Yeah. There a was wet two, warehouse. Two nightclubs. Two nightclubs. Warehouse. Yeah. A farm. Um, a farm. Uh, another house, uh, yeah, yeah, the, the, the police station, yeah, yeah. Eight loads of exteriors, yeah. yeah. So you said you got it for free, yeah. Well, they, How? All, they like the businesses. They just yeah, all the businesses. They, they noted it. They just said, okay, when do you want it? As long as we're closed, yeah. right, you can use it. So you just rang up and asked, basically. Well, yeah. well, yeah. Right. I mean, we over the years we've built up a little reputation yeah. and uh, conversation. And you with just them. build up network of, of yeah. contacts. Just because you're not doing nothing isn't you should not then be doing something. You should always be talking to people, talking to people mm-hmm. for when that time, you've got to build up the favour bankers. Mm-hmm. Well, it's what in, I do. I make, I've got now. a little notebook and if someone writes to me saying I'm an editor, I look up their stuff, yeah. they're an actor, I go look up their stuff, even That's if I'm it. not casting what, what for it right exactly. now. I put it all in a book yeah. so it's yeah. ready for me and, when and, I am. Yeah. And to be fair, I, I've got Diane, as, as everyone knows, in our circles on social media, she... Everyone comes to her because we're always trying to get her to retweet and, and punt their work. So to be fair, she gets this this list of people and it's like, and I'm like, oh, I'm stuck for so-and-so. And she'll go, try this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy, or this girl, this girl, you know, mm-hmm. it's not all blokes. Um, That's half my job. Yeah. 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 And yeah. And, it, and it's there, it's you know, and you reach out. But, um, but for the businesses, to be fair, um, again, a lot of people that help me out on landscape, because they knew what I went through on landscape, they was like, what do you need? Right. And and we, we got access to this place and that place. Uh, Danny Young came along and he went, mate, what do you need? And I said, oh, we need a police station. That He went, mate, my boss said we can use his whole office building as long as it's on a weekend. Wow. Um, okay. That, you know, it, mm. so everyone just came about, got the, and just went, mate, let's make it happen. Um, and it's that kind of support. So not just from the businesses, the but people that obviously rode with me yeah. on landscape. And it was like, you deserve this break. Let's make it happen. That's nice. So yeah. so although I say it's easy to make a film in eight days. Um, it's not. It's, it's not. <laughs> Thank you, Diane. It it's is really not. Because the serial killers was 12 days. Crazy. And that was crazy. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and this the same. It must be and, and this yeah. is. Yeah. But to be fair, I mean, obviously, I know a filmmaker up in Derby called Steve Lawson. Mm-hmm. Um, and he makes films in five days. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They're normally 74 minutes long. Um 
five five calves. Three more days, there'll be ninety minutes. Well, he doesn't need to. He's like, like, yeah, he makes movies and he's happy. And it's all one location. Yeah, right. Fine. So I know it can be done. He proves the point to me. Mm. Mm -hmm. I made a film in five days, and it's like, yeah, but seventy-four minutes, one location. So it's like I got to push myself more. God, you always want to go big. You do. You want to go big and better. Go on a minute. And so we, so we ended it up. We had fifteen locations. And in each location, there was probably three or four different setups. Yep. Um, and 30 speaking casts mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and uh, extras and yeah. whatnot. Yeah, and you need yeah. those. You need bodies, you need yeah. people to shoot, the police. Are, there's loads of oh, those. Yeah. So you constantly, is it asking friends? Yeah. Was it asking people you knew? Well, well, we yeah. are, well a, you lot, know, a lot of it was people yeah. you knew already or contacts with or, you know, contacts with built yeah. up mm-hmm. over time. do a few favors yeah, totally, yeah. yeah so let's say you're you've got a, the warehouse shoot let's say you need policemen you need the, the outfits you yeah. need the guns you need mm-hmm. all that how do you then go about saying right this day we need these how do we put it all together how do you schedule that on on a low budget movie? we right so on eight days we break down the script yep um and i do all the action scenes first because i figured if someone's going to get injured they're the scenes they're going to get injured in yeah. Um, and, and plus, we, you can dispose of them after yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, you know, the rest of the film, you're on the phone. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Behind the desk. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so I planned all the action scenes first. So the first day was the nightclub scene. Oh, that was the very oh, wow, first yeah, day, yeah. Yeah. and that's when we knew what we was in for. So that was Citizen in Chelmsford. So they allowed us. So we turned up, and they went, "Yes, you can use our nightclub." And we all turned up and, you know, we phoned some local people that we knew and they brought people because we need some bodies. It's a nightclub sinking, get everyone dressed up. It's yeah, on yeah. And we turned up and they went, yeah, you can use this section. Oh. And we was like, oh, brilliant. Um, and they said, but just to let you know, our restaurant is still open. Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. Did they not say that before? They obviously no, didn't tell you no. before. They didn't say so that they before. said, so we, we keep it open. The restaurant's still open. <laughs> so, every, so everyone's looking at me and I'm like, We're not, okay, mm. we'll set up then. Yeah. yeah, what we can we do? The camera this yeah. way. What can we do? Yeah. Just please don't yeah. clink so well, loudly right over there. <laughs> I said, yeah. look, it's meant to be nighttime anyway. It was all open windows. And you can't use dance music anyway no. because you've got dialogue, right? Yeah. So, so it's like, so we just turned it around. So yeah. it was like, right, we just film this way. We can't show that it's night daytime, so we shoot this way. Right. Um, and God, <laughs> you've got to love Essex. So when uh, when you listen to that and you hear... Paul Knight talking about landscape in that segment. He's talking about another movie he made called A Landscape of Lies. So he wasn't talking about, you know, his gardening uh, experiences. I just, I wanted to clear that up because when I, when I listen to it, I'm like, landscape, I thought we were talking about movies, but I'm, you know, I may have been the only one. So we're going to end with the podcast discovery show which is related to creators co but the podcast discovery show they uh either discover different podcasts for you to listen to or also different things for you to experience or learn about in this segment we're gonna learn about the butt i thought i knew everything i could know about the butt mostly that you know poop comes out of it and um, for some reason it's still very attractive to the opposite sex even though poop comes out of it but we're going to learn a whole lot more than just uh, that poop comes out of it so you're only going to get a small sample of learning 
other things besides that poop comes out of it in this segment. So if you want to learn more than just what you're hearing now and the fact that I told you, in case you didn't know that poop comes out of it, you can listen to the full episode from the Podcast Discovery Show. But for the moment, let's just get a a small segment about this thing that poop comes out of. It's the Podcast Discovery Show. Josh is back for one episode only for my birthday. I am so excited. Josh, I miss you so much. I miss you guys too. So, um, yeah, I'm back. And since I'm back, I think we got to pick up where we left off. We got to explore our bodies together, boys. Oh, man. And um, I, I take back everything I said. This is a very special <laughs> episode it. today. We're going to explore our butts together. No, oh, man. <laughs> It's a very special episode, apparently. I mean, there's so many things to say about the butt. So many things to say. And I found <laughs> a this a lot of things. I found this wonderful article uh, from Healthline that's got uh, so many good facts about the butt. And I'm going to just go through a couple of the highlights here. So it's obviously the largest, most powerful muscle. Everyone knows that. Yeah, the butt muscle. Um, also known as the gluteus maximus, which is probably the coolest muscle name there is. It sounds like a Spartan gladiator. It, it sounds does. like a Roman emperor. My name is Gluteus Maximus, and I will kill you <laughs> in this gladiator arena. <laughs> um, let me see. So did you guys know that the popular dance move, quote, twerking a quote twerking doesn't involve your glutes it's all hips it's a phd um and well-known glute guy i love how you can't even say the things without giggling wait just restart that a phd (laughs) in glutes is that what you just said he's a glutologist i'm gonna read it i'm gonna read it word for word brett Contreras, phd well-known glute guy on instagram guy Took twerking to science and discovered that none of your glutes are involved at all. It's all the pelvis. I would love to see how much grant money he got for this. Your glutes Honestly, are just there for as, the ride as, and glory. As far as grant allocation goes, I can get behind it. That's that's pretty good. <laughs> twerking has been around since the 1980s. It went mainstream in 2013 thanks to pop singer Miley Cyrus and became a fitness craze. Uh, mm, yeah, I mean, you can take yeah. twerking classes. Everybody's like, you know what? CrossFit is stupid. I'm going to start twerking. <laughs> Twerk fit. Yeah. Um, women have bigger butts than men because of their hormones. Science says there is an ideal attractive butt curve. 45.5 degrees is the ideal curve of a woman's booty. Could you could you repeat that curve number? 45.5 degrees is the ideal curvature of a woman's booty. That is that's the sciences for you right there. It's like, you know, you're like that's a booty right there and then there no, 45.5 degrees. No, nah, that one that one's not doing it for me. It's 46 degrees. <laughs> nah, that one over there, that one's 45. Oh man, 45.5 right there. That's the booty for me. Right in the sweet spot. Yeah. Wild. Um, apparently, also straight men notice the butt almost last. 
British survey found that most men notice a woman's eyes, smile, breast, hair, weight, and style before they notice the butt. Only other traits that came after the butt were height and skin. I mean, I can get that. Unless you're like Buffalo Bob, skin is not like, hmm. Hey, girl, you got some nice skin. Um, yeah, that's that's a sure. Okay, can I can I tell you guys a story? Yeah, yeah. I went to Walgreens the other day, and I was in line. I forget what I was buying. It was like the smallest little thing, and it was like a three person line. And the person in front of me had a whole cart full of stuff. And I'm like, you just went grocery shopping at Walgreens. Their their bill was like almost 150 dollars at Walgreens. I'm like, what the heck? Anyway, so I'm in line for a long time, and of course I'm like just looking at my phone. I've got one item in my hand and the lady behind me, she goes, I hate to embarrass you, but <laughs> she goes, you have the nicest skin I've ever seen. And I'm like, thank you. She's like, no man's neck should ever look like that. It's so good. Cause I guess like she, cause you're looking at the back of my head. <laughs> She's the back like, of your head is ridiculous. I had the best looking neck she'd ever seen. She's like, I want to make a blanket out of it. <laughs> it was, I was like, uh, thank you. <laughs> I want to go home. Yeah. Mommy, I need that's, an adult. <laughs> yeah, that is. That's what I'm saying, though. That's why nobody likes skin, because you can't be like, mm, I like that skin. They're like, what do you want to do with my skin that you weirdo get out of here? So for all y'all out there with a fat booty. Fat storage around the butt might be related to intelligence, according to a 2008 study. <laughs> Women with bigger Sounds hips like and butts on average perform better butt. on tests than those with smaller. There How we go. did they convince anybody to let them do that experiment? All right, take a test. Now let's see your butt. But I digress. Anyway, that is your pod fix mixtape for April 2020. Stay uh, tuned to this channel. For Keith Gawa of the Pop-Up Filmcast and one of the co-heads of the Potfix Network, put together a bunch of uh, members from different shows on the network to read the Killer Sofa script. So listen for that. It was a fun time, a great read, uh, lots of laughs, mostly from Derek uh, laughing at the script itself uh, from the Pop-Up Filmcast. I wanted to laugh, but I, I tried to stay professional, and I was kind of tired, so I was professionally tired, but uh, it should be fun, so look forward to that. It should be coming out in the next couple weeks, and for the mixtape, we will see you back in May. All right, peace out, and stay fresh, cheese bags. <laughs>